Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, welcome. Life let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know, that's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? Hey, hey there. What I do want to know is, this just occurred to me, how are all these animals just walking around with all these teeth and none of them ever go to the dentist? Yeah. Ready, ready, ready. Welcome to episode one of Trauma Bonded. I am your host, Ellie Westberg, and with me as always is Therese Garcia. Hello, hello. We're going to be discussing episode 262 of the podcast, This Is Actually Happening. What if you were mauled by a grizzly bear? Full disclosure, I am the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening. And I have the privilege of vetting the stories and doing the pre-interviews for the show um, before they go to wit for the final interview. So this show, Trauma Bonded, is meant to be for the listeners and for us, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, reflect on it with empathy, and also, hopefully, a bit of levity. That's Trauma Bonded. And it's funny because we don't, we have teeth. Yeah. But like I lost a tooth and I brush my teeth, floss, yeah. go to the dentist. But no, yeah. I mean, we don't know exactly how many teeth she had. And I, you know, I didn't do the research. Maybe we should do some research here on teeth. You think? I know that sharks have rows and rows and rows of teeth. So when they lose one, one just comes up. From- <laughs> so I have, sometimes I get jealous of sharks. You know what I'm saying? Because they just get replenished. Like, we only have two sets for the rest of our lives. Oh, do you think grizzly bears have shark teeth? Well, that's, we need our research team to take a look. My point, though, about the teeth is I do feel like us having to do all this dental care maybe is a little bit of propaganda or maybe just like a money-making scheme, right? These animals just walking around, never soft fluoride, never... Soft floss. No, don't brush. They just don't brush at all. 
How were they just getting by? But also, we we learned about the grizzly bear's breath. So clearly, there's something going on there. That's what also got me thinking. There's something bad in there. Okay, T, just give me your initial takeaways from the episode. Just in awe of this dude, right? Yeah. You know, I did some research. You tell me if you were approached by a grizzly bear, what are some of those things you're supposed to do? You, we've all heard these things, right? Uh-huh. Watching alone, whatnot. What are you supposed to do when you're approached? I mean, sometimes it's hard to figure out which kind. But a bear comes up to you in the wilderness. Well, that's the thing. You're supposed to do different things depending on what kind of bear it is. Right? Like a black bear, you're supposed to, like, make yourself big. Because what I've heard is that black bears are sort of not like puppies, but they're a little bit more... um, docile they're not as angry as grizzly bears i think you're supposed to make yourself big i think with grizzlies you're just supposed to take off don't do that (laughs) no no don't don't do that they're way faster than you oh just get in a ball and hope for the best don't run Uh oh (laughs) avoid direct eye contact awkward (laughs) you know but it does, yeah, it says stand your ground. You mean fight it off. I don't know. I just, it said stand your ground. That's what that means. You fight it. Good luck. They might as well just write good luck. Good luck to you. Yeah. You've seen a grizzly bear and talked about it? No. Has anyone ever? I mean, this guy. Yeah. Jeremy. Jeremy. I mean, it didn't sound like he had uh, much of a choice. Like, as soon as he saw the brown of the of the cub, right? Like he knew what was up, like, yeah. And, and then the bear was on him. Like he never had a chance. Mm-mm. You know, when he reached for the bear's belly and was like, Oh, I knew it was her belly because it was softer. You could feel skin, you know, were you like, cause I was like, yeah. what a cute little teddy bear. You know what I mean? And I really wanted yeah. to like better a little bit, a little tickly. Did no, you? I I uh, right. I wanted to too. see what that felt yeah. like without being in that yeah. scene. Um, yeah. I just thought I'd be cute. Oh, who doesn't want to cuddle up with a bear? Oh my God. Warm and cuddly and soft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, scratch your eye out. That's the only thing. <laughs> but what really struck me is probably, you know, you go there, you're isolated, you're relaxed by yourself. But the thing that really helped him get motivated, really survive, were these like little chunks of like thinking about his family. And that's what really did it. Like, he's like, okay, I'm just going to die here. Oh, no, wait. This is kind of a bad spot. It might take a while for my wife to find me. So let me go to a little bit closer to the path you know that was like touching yeah or um you know i'm just gonna listen to some music and die to music i love that like yeah i mean what are the odds like he's ready to die what are the odds 
you know, he can't see his phone. He's just touching whatever. He's hoping for a song, right? He can he can blur. He can see the blurry icon of iTunes or whatever it is, and he just picks this song and he plays for his daughter. I mean, amazing. It's it's incredible that that's the song that came up. And that's what they play for her to calm her down before she goes to sleep. So it like helped him calm down, but also like. I want to go see her again, you know? Yeah. And that is what motivated him to keep going. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty powerful stuff. It was really, really powerful. What about you? What? What did you, what was, T- what about you, what did you think was the heart of the story, Ellie? It's not the heart, it's not what I thought was the heart of the episode, but I did find it really compelling how he was so good at describing the sensory items that were happening around him. Like, it made you really feel like you were, out, you know, outside of not feeling the pain or the puncturing and stuff, the dragging, but it felt you felt like it was, you were there. And he was talking about things that I never would ever think about. And, you know, cause maybe what we've seen as far as like a bear attack we've seen on film or TV or whatever. So you don't smell the smells would get me. I mean, he was really right there with the smells. And then the way he was describing looking into her teeth and feeling feeling down her throat and and just being like hyper aware of everything that he was feeling. I can't put myself there. I can't do it. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> like no idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What would you compare it to? Have you ever come close to anything like that? Have you ever been attacked by an animal? Rufus um our little dachshund Rest in peace. If you try to pick him up, he would he would he would bite he would bite you. And he had really bad breath. He did have really bad breath. But that's the closest. It's more the bad breath part. Yeah. That's relevant there. Have you been attacked by an animal? I mean, I've been bitten by dogs. A dog. But not mauled by a dog. Evie bit me. Evie, your daughter? My daughter. Little baby three-year-old bit me. I'm mad. Have you ever killed an animal? Killed a chicken. Killed a chicken at Ariel's house. Oh, yeah. How'd you kill it? Didn't you kill a chicken? No. Definitely not. It's weird. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, I think just chopping its head off. made a soup. You made a soup out of a chicken? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It wasn't good soup. (laughs) I think the chicken was a bit old. I think that's a pro tip right there. If the chicken's old, don't I don't think you cook it up. Because it's like it was dry. Dry soup. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, give me some water. So I'm practically a hunter. Did you have a hard time? With, like wrestling with the idea of killing an animal? No, not really. I mean, I 
<laughs> just because we were going to eat him up, eat her up. So I don't know. What do you think about a bear like that? Do you think that, like, in that moment, mm-hmm. do you think to yourself, it's not really fair to kill the bear? Like, he's kind of, Jeremy is on the bear's turf, right? Like, maybe feet from its home. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Bear is allowed to defend its young if it proceeds. Of course. I get it. You want to kill the bear to get it off of you. But but there is that little moment in my head where I'm like, that's not cool to kill the bear. We're the invaders, right? Right, right. Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. I, you know. I don't know. That's funny that the time that you killed an animal was at Ariel's because that's the only time I've killed an animal. Oh. Was at Ariel's too. What animal did you kill? Our friend Ariel got into like a farm to table sort of thing before it was hip. Where didn't she go raise a pig and slaughter it and stuff? Did she? <laughs> I feel like she did. Who would do something like that? Ariel. Yeah. It's like this whole idea that um, if we're going to eat meat, that's fine, but we need to be ethical about it. We need to, quote unquote, get our hands dirty, right? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that you earn the meat. When, when people like us just go to Costco and buy a chicken, a rotisserie chicken, that's not really, you know, getting our hands dirty. Got to know where it comes from. Because honestly, I don't have dick to say about people killing animals when I eat animals myself, right? Yeah. Wait, but I, you haven't answered that question. Didn't? How did? When did you kill something at Ariel's house? I was involved in the murder of crabs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I don't know if I actually put one in the water. I think I was taking them out of the water after they were already dead. But in, in a court of law, I would have definitely been part of the team Accessory. that caused the murder. And I probably would have gotten, you know, 10 to 20. I feel like we're not talking about the episode at all. <laughs> all right. Let's talk again. I love that you're talking about how he storytells. Because I also found that to be amazing the way he described sounds and smells, right? This one bit got me like, oh, and then I heard ice breaking. Wasn't that the crunch of his head? Yeah. Like describing stuff that way? Yeah. A lot of crunching. A lot of crunching. There was a lot of crunching. Though Even the way he described when he was in the tree, like trying to get away from her, you know? And he's like, and then I saw her... I watched her guide my leg into her mouth. Yes. That is really upsetting, a really upsetting image yeah. to think about. Well, also, you're not supposed to climb trees when you're running away from a bear. They can climb trees. Oh, well, he must not have read your Google search. <laughs> I mean, okay, this is obviously, this is the question. What do you do? A bear is four feet away from you. What are you going to do, T? I'd shoot myself in the head right, right there. Exactly. It's already over. It's already over. This whole, what would you, oh, I would totally like grab my gun and shoot him in the head. Like, okay, well, good for you. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, he, he had the wherewithal to at least like throw the bike at it, you know, give it some sort of 
um, obstacle course to get to him. That didn't occur to me. Yeah. That wouldn't occur to me at all. None of what he did would occur to me. No. It wouldn't occur to me to be on a mountain in the night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a skilled, skilled. Yes. Survivalist, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, and we're just not. We're just not. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't think that I'd be crying probably. Why are you doing this? What have I ever done to you? <laughs> I take, thought we were friends. Take your cub. Go. I don't want you cub. Shut it. I just want to touch you. And that's oh, how God, you die. Oh, God, it would suck so much, too. It would so suck. I love I love how he says that too. And he's like, as he's getting mauled, he's like, "This sucks." <laughs> oh, I love that. His under, you know that that hurt. That part hurt. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I bet I'd be like, "What the actual fuck?" When it was defecating, didn't he, didn't he go? And that was weird. Totally weird. <laughs> Ew, gross. You know, I was kind of pissed. I couldn't couldn't shoot that ram. Couldn't find my gun. I couldn't load my gun because my Hands were, Fingers were all floppy and and wet. Hanging off. Just hanging and slimy. Couldn't get a grip on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how to use a gun. So I would be afraid of putting the thing in and cocking it and taking the safety off and all that stuff. You know, that would make me nervous. Yeah. But it's interesting when someone is used to being around gun or knows guns, you know, that would give them some sort of sense of relief. Yeah. Have you ever fired a gun? Yeah. Uh, once. Go on. When I was in Baltimore. Just out on the street. Um, we went. <laughs> no, we went to a shooting range. Uh, I went with work, uh, folks. Uh, I thought it'd be fun. And I'd never done that before. You know, you shoot at like a target. How'd you do? But as soon as I picked up that gun, it's a crazy feeling. I don't know if it was just me or what, but like, it's kind of intense. Like you feel this sudden power or something. Like, did you feel? It was weird. It was a weird. Feeling. You felt powerful. And fear, power, and fear. I didn't really like it though. You didn't like it. What kind of gun was it? Was it like a nine? I did. I think I did several. 22. And a half. Yeah. Like. 57. 357. Yeah. All of those. <laughs> I did all of those. The 12 gauge. One was like a hand. You're really good at this. One was like a hand one, but one was also like a rifle. Glock. And I was like, turn it. You know, that's what Olivia does. Olivia. Oh, that's for you? No, she doesn't do that. <laughs> I shot two guns at my pastor's house <laughs> when I was mm. about 15, maybe. Nice. It's incredible the amount of, like, kickback and how it's hot on your hand and all that stuff. Yeah. I would never, ever, like, think of, like, arming myself with a gun or bringing out a gun, or going with a gun to a wilderness area where I'll use a gun. I mean, that just doesn't occur to me. I'm not against it per se, but it's just not my bag. I am really good at duck hunt. That's a long time ago. I had the top scorer you know. at Aladdin's Castle at Pier Moran Mall in Elkhart, Indiana. 
I only understood one of those words. But I think it was a good thing. Well, my parents, you know, they love living in progressive places like Indiana. They just moved to Arkansas. Okay, so that's the gun part. <laughs> we got the things we don't know about animals part. The show should be called Things We Don't Know About. But but we'll talk about them. Anything. Blank. Pure ignorance. <laughs> and guess a lot, too. Let's talk about the awkwardness of the encounter. What awkwardness of the encounter? Well, it's so intimate, right? You're up in this bear's grill. You're touching her. He's touching his mouth. He's down. He's up her balls. He's down her throat. He's got her teeth. Sees her eye, like they're looking at each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, like in a movie, you watch that movie, The Revenant, right? When Leo's getting mauled by the bear. There's music. You know, <laughs> Jersey's out in the middle of the wilderness getting attacked by a bear. It's just you're not used to this kind of activity. You know, what are you? It's weird. It's very. It's weird. It's like a, it's this weird encounter with nature. I mean, if I had to liken it to anything in me trying to like empathize with this guy is I was mugged at gunpoint. And that was also an extremely awkward encounter because it's not something you practice. They might felt it was normal just like a bear is used to ripping apart like an elk or an antelope or something yeah wasn't that awkward for the bear it's not very awkward for the teenagers who robbed me but i it was awkward for me i i and that's why i kept making jokes during the encounter which i've told you about yeah you know but it's like the same thing like we have all of this knowledge of bears right but we don't know. We don't know a bear and they don't know us. Isn't that funny? By the way, mama bear had balls. Okay, let's talk about it. What are the balls? What do you think he was grab he was grabbing onto something? They weren't balls. It made her squeal like a pig. Yeah. So what and what? not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was he grabbing though? I mean, let's see. A nap. Tell me of female grizzly bear. Yeah, I'm not getting a good picture. <gasps> you know what he was grabbing probably? Labia? That would hurt. Um, that's probably what he's grabbing onto. I mean, obviously she doesn't have balls. That's what I was thinking. Well, was it a she? Oh, I guess it could have been a male, but we just kept hearing it was a female. Yeah. I really wanted to know what happened to the bear. Yeah. It'd be nice to get the bear perspective. Yeah. Lynette. Yeah, it would. So I, I remember when, so the gun thing, gun thing, he listens to Baby Shark, right? Yeah. And then falls face down in a creek and then finds the campsite. Well, but we didn't talk about a big part where he tried to kill himself. That was a huge part. 
good part. I just felt yeah. like it was really beautiful tied together because you are just with him in this experience, right? And then once he starts getting emotional, like I was sobbing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was doing laundry and I was walking through my courtyard just like crying, you know. Mm-hmm. That moment where he just is like beside himself and I don't know what to do. I mean, what an incredibly just lonely what do you do? What do you do? I mean, because you want to end your suffering, because you don't know where to go from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense that he would try to do it, but then for it not to to work. Yeah. I mean, you you would have to take that as some sort of sign, right? No matter if you're religious or not. You had to. I mean, what are the odds that it would jam up or mm-hmm. not fire or whatever it did? You can't write this stuff. Like, this is his real life. No. And then to kind of recognize that's a sign and then to go on. I mean, oh, I can't even imagine what that must feel like to try to do it, to, to expect it just to be over and then it not work. It's crazy. I mean, you have to be real. I mean, I joke around. I'm like, I would have killed myself straight away. But really, you got to probably think a lot, yeah. reflect a lot. There's all sorts of things, I'm sure, happening in your brain before you truly decide to pull it. And then for it to not work. Here I still am. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. I've already re- I had already reconciled that I was going to end my life and I came to the conclusion yeah. that I was okay with that and I made peace with that and I've had my final like moments that you do maybe you cry out to God because what if you know what if I've been wrong this whole time you know whatever you do mm-hmm. Now what? That didn't work. But it's an incredible moment and yeah. You can tell that like him talking about it again, you can tell that he still really struggles with the notion that he did try to do that. There's something else happening other than what's happening right here. Something bigger than myself is happening. And I would like to maybe respect that, you know? And your fat fingers just like hanging off and you're trying to do it with a nerve and it's not working. That was an incredible moment. And then um, obviously the baby shark is yeah. never going to be the same. But well, okay. So you're you're a parent, T. Yeah. How many times have you heard the song Baby Shark? I don't think I can count that high, probably. <laughs> um, we're getting into like Baby Shark remixes. I've got a whole version there's other versions that I actually, you know, really enjoy. I find myself whistling it when I'm washing dishes. Um, it's there now. It's there. I only know this song because of your family. Oh, really? How else would I know it? Oh, out there, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's not. I think it's out there, but it's out there like for parents yeah, and kids. kids. Yeah, not, not people like me. They're still obsessed with it. I mean, Arlo's been obsessed for years. It's a great song. It's catchy. It's really catchy. It's a little heteronormative, yes, but, you know, it's okay. They put me in as Daddy Shark. Sometimes we'll do names. Yes. Instead of roles. Right. So we, we he he's listening to Baby Shark. He continues on, and then he gets to the campsite, 
right? Yeah. Where he's so excited to eat spam. You probably really, you identified with his joy. Just because I like spam. You like spam. (laughs) I mean, it's so good. Where's my spam? There. Right here. Oh, yeah. Right there. Spam. Uh Uh-huh. And I was thinking about you. Ew, Spam's gross. I, too, like Spam. But you like Spam? Well, growing up, um, we would have it on occasion for, like, dinner. Oh, cool. We were probably poor, and I just didn't realize it. And um, I don't know how they learned to eat it. Maybe it was, like, a thing my my dad was sort of poor growing up. Maybe that's why he they knew about it. But we would fry it up. Yes. And eat it with yellow mustard. Oh. Amazing. Yeah. That's weird. We never did that. We did it with rice. That's how we added white people. I was going to say, it. that's a white people thing, I think. Because we didn't, fr- we fry it up. Yeah. Put it with rice. And just put it on rice. Yeah, on egg. Yeah. I think for me as a kid, it was just a way to get mustard into me. Like I was obsessed with yellow mustard. Obsessed. I never knew that about you. I really like yellow mustard. I was at Amy Shoemaker's house. Grecky and salad. You know, is Grecky and salad. Uh-huh. And I was served bologna on white bread with yellow mustard. I'd never had any of these items before. <laughs> it must have been, I don't know, eight something. What's this? It blew my mind apart because we didn't have bologna. My mom always was going through some sort of like health phase or whatever. I never had bologna before. I never had white bread before. We always had wheat bread. I never had mustard before. It was like game changer. I still remember that quite clearly eating that sandwich, just being like, what the hell? That does sound good. The only thing that bothers me about that story, how many slices of bologna are we talking? There's one. There's one and two pieces of bread. Yeah, but it was white bread, and that's pretty... It feels bready to me. No. It's okay. White bread is pretty thin. You could take a piece and just crush it up into, like, an, you know, an inch-sized ball. Yeah. It doesn't have any, like, heft to it. Yeah. No, you're right. Fluffy. It's kind of fluff. No, nothing. The way he talks about eating and drinking, though... Oh, God. It, it didn't occur to me that he would be really hungry, right? I mean, doesn't it feel, doesn't it seem like you're in this kind of situation? The last thing that you're going to be thinking about is eating. Doesn't that seem insane? Yeah. I didn't think like about that either. I was just like, yeah, I don't think I'd be hungry. I think I'm just trying to live. Yeah. Survive. You'd be on some other other plane survival mode. Yeah. But he was like, and I was really hungry. (laughs) Like what? I decided. To put the spam through my cheek and then lick it. Yeah. Oh, loved it. And this is at the point, too, where he's able to, like, snap his jaw back oh, into yeah. place or something. And, oh, and then I could eat. Good for you. Is he a doctor? The human body is insane. Yeah. It's insane. Oh. Oh, now I can chew. Yeah. <laughs> through the holes in my face. Oh, yeah. I'm like in pain, like thinking about that. Oh, and I love that he left a note. Like he's just such yeah. a polite, so considerate. wonderful person. Wrote a note, probably covered in blood. There's so yeah, much. He probably wrote it with blood, maybe. Sorry about the mess here. Sorry about all this blood. I'll get you back. Thanks for the spam. Yeah. 
I took your juice boxes. Yeah. Yeah. If I make it out, juice box on me. Um, so polite, so nice of him. And then he continues down the trail. And then there's that moment where he sees the two mm-hmm. rocks and he gets emotional again. He's like, cause then I knew that I was going to make it. Is that the first time he says that? So. That, that yeah. I knew I was going to make it. Because he's never thinking about the full, I got to get to my truck, right? He talks about his mini goals. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to get yeah. to that trail. I'm going to get to that thing, you know? And then when he gets, when he sees the rocks, now he thinks, yeah, I'm going to make it to my truck. That's what is mind blowing to me about the whole of this episode is not only does he survive a bear, a repeated bear attacks. Oh no. Now he's got this journey to get to medical attention. Every step I'm like, I could never do this. I could never do this. But then now I have to get to medical attention. That is also mm-hmm. uh this is actually happening moment. Like, oh shit. It's not like, ooh, ooh, medics here. Just survived the bear. Medics here. No. No, you still got to travel, wound care, travel, meals, explain to people that you're not oh God, a walking yeah. zombie and that you require help. I mean, that's all incredible on its own. Sure. Well, you found that toilet paper and the bounty. I thought it would just like disintegrate, you know, like white bread, right? Just like. Yeah. Quicker picker upper. I believe it now. Is this a bounty ad? Yeah. <laughs> For this whole story, it was all to sell bounty. Yeah. Keep that bounty. And a can of spam. But bounty is pretty substantial. It's like you're set. <laughs> can we get them as a sponsor? <laughs> when you're out in the wilderness, don't forget your bounty. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets to his truck, right? And, oh, I don't know. I'm just going to drive 20 kilometers, like, yeah, holding my it. eye up so I can see. And I'm just well, yeah, going to aim the for the like, bright spot up. in the middle and hope that's Change lanes. the way to get there again. Yeah. I would also die at this point of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Are we on a cliffside? Is it narrow? I mean, yeah, if I made it this far, that's for sure when I would die. Like, Yeah. I mean, even even, oh... Where are my keys? You know, where might my keys be? Are they still securely in my pocket? My legs ripped off. Is it there? After all that. I was just at the campsite so I could check there. No, it could be on that tree where I guided my leg into her mouth. No, maybe it's in, you know? Yeah. Mine are back at the campsite at the, with the bike. Even now, even now, in my garage, got the car. I'm like, where are my damn keys? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. They're not in my pocket, that's for sure. I couldn't tell you where my keys are at this moment. See? If you were attacked by a bear right now, you couldn't get away. <laughs> I know. It's insane. There, there are all these, all of these obstacles that yeah. should have stopped him from surviving. And he just overcomes them one by one. Like you said, he set small goal, small attainable goal, and he just set another one and he set another one and he just kind of, he just kept doing it. Every time we listen to these things though, I'm always like, what are we doing? What is this? 
All these people, they're so strong. They're doing the thing. Tough it out. And they make it. They survive. And you and me are like, oh, my back. I can't sit like this for an hour. Oh, God. I have no right to complain about doing anything ever again. You know? I'm hungry. You know? My butt hurts from sitting. There's no more coffee in my cup. Come on. What are we doing? What? What is this? What is this life? <laughs> Anything is possible if this guy can make it out alive. It's inspiring. It's really inspiring. For real. You know that show um, that we like to watch sometimes, What Would You Do? Yeah, with John Quinones. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to What Would You Do You? Okay. Right here. Okay. Okay. Ugh, okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Just scenario, right? You've been attacked by a bear. Mm. Okay. A couple times now, right? Twice. In the same, you know, whatever. Am I at the zoo? <laughs> Oh, I'm you, out in the wilderness where bears live. Okay. You were got it. Yeah, you were gonna kill a, kill a, a lamb. Sheep. A little baby lamb. Okay. Baby sheep. I was like, why are you doing this? Okay, I'm there. But okay, you're I'm, there. I'm alone a with a bike you're in the alone. wilderness. Bike. Bike's gone at this point. Okay. You've been attacked twice. Um, okay. Oh, I've already been attacked. Picking up chunks twice. of your face. Picking up chunks of your face, picking up your eye, tying it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> tying it as you do. Sounds like me, yeah. You finally get help, okay? You have 30 minutes until a helicopter will arrive, right? How will you use that 30 minutes? Go. Fish. I'm going to fish <laughs> out of the stream. That's what I would do. Wouldn't that be nice? Doesn't that sound nice just to like relax? It's like calming. Like, is that is that a lake over there? I wait. I've got my fishing gear. I do. I have my. I, I have got thirty. Do I got thirty? I just need twenty. That's all I need. I'm a really good fisherman. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I do know what you're saying. Mental. That's not what I would do. That's not. What would I, you do? I'd probably. Not I mean, that. And anything else, really. Not anything. Probably just lay there crying. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be there. No, none of this would ever. I'd, I'd be dead. <laughs> I'd be dead sure. if any of that already happened. Yes. I would have died long, long, long ago. before the fishing expedition. Yeah. Remember when he's, now I'm just going to go random. Sorry. Remember when he's at the... Uh, <laughs> At the cabin, grandma's house or whatever, uh, when he's about to get, like, ho- helicoptered out. They're like, you need something to drink? And he's like, yes, I'll have a medium temperature water with no yeah. ice and a straw, please. <laughs> what a fun little tidbit that part was. I was like, okay, Karen. You want a lemon, too? Some sugar? You going to make a little lemonade? Oh, Mr. Needy it's wants be medium room temperature water. Uh, I don't know. Is this too cold for you? Oh, okay, your highness. His straw through the cheek. (laughs) 
I want to offer you some deleted scenes per Whitney Misseldine, the host of This Is Actually Happening. He passed along um, some stuff that were cut from the episode for time, but might be helpful in offering some more revelations about uh, the episode. Um, first of all, Jeremy, he was a track star and a long distance runner. Yep. And he set a couple of Canadian records for long distance running in high school. So this probably speaks to his stamina. And he did comment that he was in like tip top shape as well. Um, 32 tip top shape. Yeah. Like when the bear bit into his abs. Yep. He probably had abs showing. You know what I mean? Don't be gross. And then (laughs) I feel like he would have bitten into my big fat belly. He did visit the site too. Like, I know this isn't a deleted scene, but a year after. Yeah. He says he's gone a few times, right? Like on the anniversary. Yeah. And then um, it's not included in the episode, but like obviously his healing, his physical therapy, all of that took a really long time. And it really happened with like small, again, small goals that we're talking about micro movements of just, you know, any little movement was like a big goal achievement for him as he was getting back to himself. Yeah. Can't imagine, you know, there's a physical healing process, but there's also kind of, he was having terrible nightmares. Oh my gosh. I do like the, um, I do like the shout out to, you know, (laughs) psychiatric help, you know, a dude like that. I don't know if he was a big advocate for therapy. No idea. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone needs a little help. I really like that. He said something like that. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you're raised on a mountain to be a manly man. You probably do have some sort of um, built-in resistance to something like that. You know, the idea that you might need help or therapy, you know, it sounded like he got a lot of his peace and solace from being out in nature itself. And now it's like this place is kind of tainted and he's dealing with these incredible nightmares. I mean, my God, after this intimate, awkward encounter with this bear where it's been all over you, you've been all over it, you know, the visceral remembrance, uh, your body remembers, you know, and holds that all in. I can, I can understand why he didn't get to sleep. It's a, it's, it is amazing though, that he only, he said he only went to three sessions and then he was able to root out the, the nightmares. Yeah. I do wonder though if he has actually done talk therapy to deal with um, the trauma. Yeah, maybe some ongoing. Like when he talks about when he's in recovery and he has the violent flashbacks and the thrashing. I feel like we didn't talk about that enough. No. But that moment where his brother is there and he has this like violent flashback and thrashes himself onto the bed. Yes. It was so devastating to think about having him like coming to and coming out of it and having to see everyone that he loves having had to watch him go through that. I mean, I can't think of something 
the way he describes it is so devastating, mm-hmm. including later when he talks about continuing to have these flashbacks in random places, like at work. He talks about having a couple really horrible ones where he was found under his desk with a broom. You know, this like constant fear that this bear is going to come back after him is incredible. Yeah. Um, and then he talks about he has this horrible reaction to his daughter trying to play with him like the guilt that he must have experienced by, you know, he says he threw her off or something. So awful. And also like listening to it again too, what he talks about when he talks about sleep, like how important it is for all of us, you know, and especially for him and to have his healing and to not be able to get that. I'm sure it just like compounded everything else. We don't think of sleep as so important, but it is so vastly important. Yeah. Yeah. And the day he saw himself, I thought it was really sweet how the nurses and his wife and everyone made this effort to do his hair and get him a new shirt. And it was really shave. Yeah. It was thoughtful. Yeah. And it seemed like he was ready. And he said it wasn't that bad. That was really heartwarming. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what this guy looks like. Do we ever see him? We don't see him because it's a podcast. There should be pictures up on Facebook and Instagram. I picture him as a large, very large, hairy man. You picture him as a big bear? Like a big bear. Like, you know, and you're like, it's a big, big man, but he's like yeah, soft on the inside. Yeah. You know? That's how I picture him. <laughs> Did you uh, find any good comments on Facebook? Wait, what? Did you find any good comments? Yeah, I did my homework. Real quick, though. What? Can I just say? Huh? I looked at that photo of his face. How'd you see it? It's on um, Instagram. Isn't that crazy? Okay, guys, if you want to see what his face looked like kind of in between attacks i think i think it was like after the first mauling yeah um he takes out he talks about how he takes out his phone and he takes a picture of himself that picture is on his instagram the grizzly dude one that's jeremy's instagram i'm like literally yeah. looking at it still right now yeah it's rough it is a rough one <laughs> Oh, my God. Like, I'm hoping some of that is paper towels hanging off. No, it's not because it happened before that. No, this is that is just his face hanging off his face. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, too. He sent that to our, our email just, you know, without, <laughs> you know. Whoa. What was it? <laughs> so did you come across any um, Facebook Comments worth talking about. What do you got, T? I got a few. Um, I guess I'll just talk about this one because I feel like all of us were thinking this now, and it's kind of validating. Okay, go. Angel says, "Am I the only one wanting to know what it was he was grabbing on this mama bear to make her squeal and let him go?" Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we decided that we think it's labia, maybe. Yeah, there was like a lot of 
theories there. It went on and on, but some people thought, yeah, it could be, you know, after you have a bear cub, maybe you're just hanging out a bit. Oh, um, maybe hemorrhoids. It could be. Not that I know. <laughs> Not a doctor. Um, also, there's a theory out there, like we said this too. So this is great, you know, that we talk about this. I love this. It could have been a male bear and they could have been balls. Yeah. The assumption is that it's a mama bear, I think, because we just know that from things that the mama bear trope is very protective of her cubs, etc. So Diane R. says... I suppose it still could have been a male bear. The cub may have been orphaned. Okay. Male grizzlies frequently attempt to kill cubs, but end up killing mama when she comes in to defend. No. Yeah. Yeah. They don't take time to analyze the situation. You know, it's immediate public freak out. That's why you're so jumpy, I think. Like, bro, I'm just trying to kill a lamb. Like, back off. I don't care about your cubs. No, I was talking about bears. Bears being jumpy, you know? You're always on the... Bears don't know. Can't reason with bears. It's like life or death. Like, there's someone here I gotta defend. Um, I didn't really see anything especially noteworthy on Instagram. I guess I could just pick one. No offense to anyone who commented on Instagram. A hundred people who said all sorts of insightful things. You're like, eh, blah, blah. Um, I mean, obviously, people are really moved by the story, calling it amazing, mind-blowing, yes. extraordinary, shook to the core, etc. Oh, someone did point out, this is from dare underscore Magan underscore Megan on Instagram. Incredible story. Thank you. It was interesting to hear how his brain was trying to just stay grounded, like... I want to go fishing while his whole body is in complete disarray. I've experienced being in shock like that, but not to the degree of what he endured. So what we were talking about also, it seems insane to want to go fishing. Yes. But I think as she was pointing out quite appropriately, it was his brain attempt to calm itself, steady itself, ground itself. Regular Jeremy, all not all bitten up, sees a creek. Wants to fish. Yeah, his, that is his face. <laughs> totally, yeah. Well, speaking of fishing, maybe I'll share this one then. Okay, go on. That Ben Ben S. says, uh, you know, not making light of Jeremy's trauma, but is there anything more Canadian <laughs> than leaving behind an apology note in a stranger's tent <laughs> for the mess you made after a bear ripped off your face? Also... Cleaning up the blood in the cafe and wanting to go. We didn't talk about that, but yeah, that was remarkable. Yeah. Just do a little cleanup. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oops, sorry. Oh, every time I move, it's just splashing around. <laughs> How do I need another shirt, maybe? Yeah. You got some bounty back there? Quicker picker upper. Yeah. And then wanting to go fishing while waiting on the helicopter. Yeah. Love this episode. Best one in a very long time. Wow. So shout out, I guess, to Canadians, you know, kind uh, fisher people and clean up. I think that you've summed up Canadians in a nutshell. Stephanie D says, I wish humans didn't hurt. 
I'm so glad he survived, but was hoping he wouldn't have pursued killing animals. I'm a true believer in karma. Sorry. Whoa. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. I mean, you you could have said something about that. Like you're on, you're on their turf. You're on the bear's turf, you know? Yeah. What? What do you expect, you know? Okay. Kind of. Kind of. But then Shannon Z says, look, Stephanie D. Just like that. Many people hunt for food. How's it any different than eating domestically raised animals? Oh, gosh. Stephanie D said, look, Shannon Z, <laughs> we go into their territory and kill them unless they kill us. Boundaries. I'm not a vegetarian. There's enough meat in the shops. Leave the wildlife alone. Renee H says, okay, Stephanie D, absolutely wild that you think meat from the grocery store is somehow more ethical than hunting. It goes on and on, but finally, Carrie G just says, Stephanie D, just shut up <laughs> <laughs> and keep scrolling if you don't have the capacity to see this human story as a fine example of true grit and survival. It's getting crazy out there. People get passionate about their thoughts on Facebook comment threads, that's for sure. Yeah. And some hunters like eat the thing. They hunt and then they eat it. They'll eat like the whole thing. Or make like a fur coat or something. I do feel like these are territories that we're maybe not qualified to talk about, but yeah, <laughs> I think we see all the sides. Yeah, I was a vegetarian for five years until T made me eat her chicken adobo. So thanks, T. Gateway, the gateway. <laughs> anyway, Valerie M. The first episode, I just cannot listen to. I wanted to, but it was just so gory and graphic that I started feeling sick. And then there's a lot of emojis, sick ones like shock, ah, and then, Ugh. and then she says, amazing, he survived. She couldn't anymore. And there are a lot of those that are like, I couldn't listen to this one. Very graphic. Yeah. Amazing storytelling. I imagine that people that can't listen to it because it's too much for them is like me trying to get through that first episode of a new season of The Bachelor when all of the women are climbing out of the limos and trying to Ugh. introduce themselves in ways that they'll be remembered. Ugh. Gross. It's so hard to watch. Gross. Isn't it so hard to watch? Yeah. You're just like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't stop. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You know. No, this was a hard listen, though, I'd say. I think it's more awestrucking than, like, disturbing. It's just, like, you can't believe this guy keeps going. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is such an overwhelming feeling for me um, that it, I can sort of put the the gore of it to the side and just be in awe of him, what he did, how he survived. For sure. Amanda L. says, Great stuff, great stuff. She said, this week's episode had me on the edge of my seat. Wow. Can't believe how he got himself free. Crazy. I freaking love this podcast. I just like that. Yeah. And then just like starry eyes, starry eyes. I was like, I know. I know. Yeah. Same. It's a good podcast. Yeah. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find this episode. If you're already listening to it, you found it. 
you if you really want to interact with T and I, you can reach us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com. And I assume at some point, maybe now, we're gonna have an Instagram, maybe a TikTok, I don't know, Facebook, Twitter, I don't know. Oh, the whole thing. People like stuff like that. Yeah. So thank you for listening. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. Thanks to Jeremy for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to the This Is Actually Happening team, including Whit Misseldine and the maker of our music, Nathaniel Tromboli. And don't forget, we're not doctors. The information included but not limited to the words that come out of our mouths are for entertainment and informational purposes only. Information in this podcast may not be factual at all. No material in this podcast is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical or psychological condition or treatment. Side effects of listening to Trauma Bonded with Ellie and T may include but are not limited to joy, confusion, questioning, laughing at or with us, bonding, healing, discussion, hunger, happiness, offense, wailing, or diarrhea.